Today's show is brought to you by... Hey, Billy Bonham here, owner of Pizza Classics, located in downtown Kyle. We've been serving our community since the 90s and proudly support local Hayes Athletics. At Pizza Classics, we do things the old school hard way because I think it makes a better product for our customers. Dough is made fresh daily and veggies are always hand cut. We shed our 100% whole milk mozzarella in-house as well as make our own sauce from scratch. Lastly, we bake on stone. Doing it the right way takes some extra time, but we let our product do the talking. Thanks for your business. I truly appreciate it. Entertaining shows with content that spreads information and sparks discourse throughout the community. This is the Pearl Media Network. Welcome to the Kyle Life Podcast, the only podcast dedicated to showcasing what makes Kyle, Texas unique. We interview local business owners, politicians, and talk with everyday residents to further promote our beautiful city. This podcast is brought to you by KyleLife.com and is proudly part of the Pearl Media Network. We thank you for tuning in today. Now sit back and enjoy the show. Okay, we are going to take a little bit longer with these candidates. Thank you. Um, since they will be the ele- at large position, which is district number five. And so I'd like to take a little bit longer, ask a few more questions. Our voter base is much larger. And we'll uh, give Mr. Foley the uh, three-minute opening. Drink water real quick. My name is Damon Foley. I'm running for the at-large position, district five. Um, it's been a great experience so far. Um, I live in Woodlands Park, which is on the uh, southeast side of the city. I've lived in Kyle for about eight years now, and previously I've kind of kind of stayed in my bubble, kind of stayed in that area, and this has kind of given me the opportunity to get out, talk to people, find out what are the issues across the city, not just east of I-35, but all over. Um, you know, Steeplechase, they have a lot of issues with roads, Masonwood Drive especially. Um, Post Oak has been hit with um, vehicle burglaries. We have, a, a you know, some property crime problems in that area. Um, also... You know, the Plum Creek area, the uh, reoccurring issue over there is water rates. So you kind of have all these different issues and you, that I otherwise wouldn't know about until, you know, unless I actually got out there and talked to people about it. Um, just to give you a little bit of background on myself, um, I was an Army captain. Uh, I was in the uh, military for 10 years. I've uh, been on the Public Safety Committee for three years here in Kyle. Um, have been instrumental in, uh, in drafting some of the ordinances that have been... Um, um, given to council for their approval. Um, also dealt with a lot of safety issues with traffic, with, uh, you know, children in the street. Um, um, also issues with um, uh, funding some of our public safety departments. Um, that's what I'm passionate about. That's what my background is. Um, public safety, I've been a paramedic for about 10 years now in EMS. And uh, I also have a, a master's degree in public administration um, and a lot of my issues, one of the big reasons I'm running for council is because a lot of the issues I focused on were the local government issues, the county issues, the city issues. issues. Um, I want to be a part of that. I think it's when you can drive down the road and you actually can see firsthand some of those changes you make, you know, that baseball stadium or that, um, you know, that city hall building that you were a part of, I think that says a lot. That's all. Thank you, Ms. Luttrell. Hi, my name is Lori Luttrell, and I'm running for District 5 for City Council. I think a lot of y'all know me. I've run before. (laughs) 
Um, been in Kyle since 2007. I'm a prior small business owner, so I'm really looking to help our small businesses that are located here in Kyle and work with them along with the big stores or what might possibly come into Kyle. Um, I have been with, I've been involved with the Chamber. I'm now, I've been involved with the Lions Club. I'm, we are back being involved with the Lions Club. We're trying to reestablish that. Um, here in Kyle to bring back the Fajita Festival, hopefully as a festival that Kyle, you know, will be the home to in, because of the Fajita being born here. I am concerned about our roads. Uh, I, you know, I think that it's taken too long, but it, you know, there's processes. I don't like the fact that they've gone over budget. Um, I don't like the fact that my taxes are going to be raised. Uh, but, you know, in order to do that and, and to, to build those roads, that's going to happen because we voted on it. Another thing that I would like to see is maintaining what we're going to build and what we already have. That's huge to me because if we ever see another button road, it would be sad <laughs> for Kyle. Um, I'm married 23 years, and I have one daughter in that's all I have to say. Thank you. Thank you. Mr. Sanchez, you have three minutes. <clears throat> three minutes, sir. Thank you, for, uh, thank you uh, for being here. I'm a former council member in District 5. Uh, I'm a long-life resident of the city of Kyle. Actually, I was admiring the... I, I came to school here. I came to Kyle Elementary, and I was looking at the trusses, so it kind of brought me some good memories. Uh, went to... Uh, Hayes Middle School and Hayes High School. Uh, got a degree in civil engineering. Uh, most of my past or my experience is in highway construction and engineering. One of the, I guess, most talked about topics in Kyle is roads. And the citizens voted for a $36 million bond. And that's kind of my, that's what I do for a living. From contract negotiations, I've done some design, I build. Uh, so I think uh, experience like that can come in handy. Um, I've been through campaigning before. One thing that I find is trying to, is, uh, is educating citizens on what is fact and what's fiction. You hear a lot, of, a lot of different things and a lot of people might state diff things differently. And that's kind of the hardest thing because there's a lot of things going on. The city is growing. It's fast-paced. It's fast -paced. And uh, so that's kind of the hardest thing. Every candidate in this election, next election, they're going to tell you, I support the police department. We support the fire department. We support economic development. We support staff. And I believe that to be true. I think every candidate believes in that. What makes candidates different is how you approach in succeeding and, and supplying or supporting those individual staff members or police department. How do you get there? Everybody wants to support the police department. It's obvious. Everybody wants new roads. How do you get there? 
in my approach, the way I approach my job, you know, we, we solve problems every day long, and my approach is to look at the big picture and look at all the challenges and every factor that affects those decisions. And hopefully, with, as we answer questions, I will give you some approach and my approach. Everybody has a different approach. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Sanchez. All right, the first question will go to Mr. Fogley. How do you plan to reduce the city's debt? You have two minutes. So one of the big things, that we've had a lot of Band-Aid solutions, you know, to try trying to reduce our debt. Um, what we really need to do is a long, create a long-term solution. Part of that is well, the, the problem that Kyle has is we're so heavily residential. We're a bedroom community. Part of my plan um, as a council member would try to make Kyle not only a destination city, but somewhere we, we can live here, work here, and play here. So it's all about we need to build that entertainment district. We need to we need to build up our commercially zoned areas. We need more retail here. Um, we need some light manufacturing. We need some good paying jobs here, large employers where people can actually work there, get a good pension, you know, make a good, honest uh, living for their families. Um, I, I know Ms. Tenorio mentioned it, but the fact that we have people that live here that commute outside of the city, we have, in the last census, we have um, 18,000 residents that commute outside of the city. They commute to San Antonio, they commute to Austin. I hate commuting. I actually work in North Austin, and I find myself pulling my hair out every time I'm stuck on I-35 in Austin. Um, it takes a toll. It's a loss, loss of productivity. You know, it's lost time with your family. It takes a toll on the environment also, you know, with air pollution. Um, what we need to do is help fund our economic, an economic development. Uh, our, the city right now has an economic development department that's funded through the general fund. We need to find a way to give them more money. We need to aggressively go out there and get businesses to come here. They're certainly, right now, they're attending two trade shows a year. Okay, we need, to, uh, we need to be part of that. Now, if that's part of an incentive program, it might be. Um, you know, we don't need to give away the farm in incentives, but we need to have well-defined benchmarks for some of these um, incentives because some of these, frankly, some of these companies will not come here if we don't give them incentives. And we're in direct competition with other cities, San Marcos and Austin, where a lot of these companies are going. Thank you, Mr. Fogley. Fogley, I'm sorry. Okay, Ms. Luttrell, how do you plan to reduce the city's debt? You well, uh, again, it, it sounded like that we were <laughs> the debt on the city. I guess you're talking about uh, as far as getting the taxes the larger businesses will come yes they will probably need incentives but balancing the budget and putting in 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 the the um the city staff that has budgets keeping those budgets using what they have been allocated i think in stop spending um over their budgets that were already allocated would help thank you Thank you, Mr. Sanchez. Your question again? How do you plan to reduce the city's debt? City debt. City of Kyle, I like facts because I deal with numbers. And I try not to get too, too technical, but uh, City of Buda and City of San Marcos have lower tax rates than the City of Kyle. So it's hard to compete 
when your neighbors have higher tax. And with this $36 million bond that was approved, our taxes will go up. So it is difficult. That's a difficult question. It's a very loaded question because we are projected to increase the debt, right? I mean, it's, it's an automatic fact. Yep. So what you can do, and uh, what you can do is, again, I think the and as far as as far as bringing in business, I think it will happen. I mean, we we are Hayes County is the fastest growing corridor county in Texas. Um, the business will come, and I do agree with incentives. I don't agree with some of the incentives that have been passed to date, but I do believe in incentives to to bring in uh, economic development to offset the tax to the citizens. I think the bigger picture is, and if you look at the current that the current budget that uh, there was a meeting a couple of weeks ago, if you look at if you look at the budget, that's a good start on reducing debt, overspending on things that are not needed. Needed, I say, needed uh, is not wise. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Fugley. You have a thirty-second rebuttal. So I think we need to make our business environment more friendly. We need to make it more user-friendly. I was talking to a resident um, who's trying to open up a business downtown, and she found it very difficult to open up her business here in Kyle. As much as she wanted to, she found it easier to go to Buda. They sat down with her. They had um, a representative from each department, from the health department, uh, a fire marshal service, code enforcement, that sat down with her and actually walked through some of the process with her. We need Thank a, a you, more business-friendly environment. Okay. Miss um, Luttrell, well, I have a water question. Because of what happened in states like California with the increasing groundwater crisis, do you believe Hayes County government should take measures to control development growth in the county so that existing residents and property owners do not suffer the same consequences? Okay, I'll just reread the question. Because of what has happened in states like California with the increasing groundwater crisis, do you believe Hayes County government should take measures to control development growth in the county so that existing residents and property owners do not suffer the same consequences? Um, no, I don't think we should put a moratorium on building in Hayes County at this point in time. I feel like um, there's, you know, I know our city has um, bought has bought water and for the future from what I understand um, um, so no I'm just gonna leave it at that <laughs> thank you mr. Sanchez would you like me to read it yeah. because of what has happened in states like California with the increasing groundwater crisis do you believe Hayes County government should take measures to control development growth in the county so that existing residents and property owners do not suffer the same consequences? Uh, I say no. Like I said, we, we are the fastest growing county. Development is coming. Economics, economic development is coming. Water is an issue for every surrounding, everybody in the state of Texas and probably other states. Uh, the city of Kyle has done 
uh, a very good job. And, uh, I'll congratulate David Wilson, who's part of, who shares the HPC, HPCUA. Uh, they saw the foresight of the water issues, uh, and it looks like the city of Cal is, is standing in, in a very good position for, for you know, to sustain our city. So I don't think we should suffer for that. If other people, other cities don't see that, that's, I don't, I don't think that, that should be a, our issue. Thank you, Mr. Sanchez. Mr. Fogley, you have uh, two minutes. I, just, I do not think that the county should uh, put any measures forth to um, prevent growth. What we need to do is work on enforcing some of the rules that we already have for, for water consumption. We have water conservation ordinances right now. Uh, there was actually an article in the Austin American Statesman a couple weeks ago that uh, through some of their ordinances, they were uh, able to reduce water consumption by 20%. We need to enforce what we have right now because I don't think a lot of those ordinances are being enforced. Now, if the county were to come in and try to uh, decrease developments, I see that as a property rights issue. It also would um, hinder our ability to grow as a community. Kyle is very well positioned on water right now, especially with the uh, HCPUA pipeline that goes out to the Carrizo. We're actually uh, going to be in the position to be able to sell water to Buda uh, because Buda has no water plan. In the next two years, they're actually scheduled to run out of water based on what they have right now. And that is why they have to rely on some of the controversial companies. Um, because we are well positioned on water, it's going to be a win-win situation for us with the water sharing project between Buda and Kyle. They get the water, we get the, we get the funds. We're in debt, and, and Buda doesn't have as much debt. Thank you, Mr. Fogley. Ms. Luttrell, do you have a 30-second rebuttal? No rebuttal. Thank you. The next question is on mobility and transportation. And I'll start with you, Mr. Sanchez. Safety of our children walking to and from school is of paramount concern to parents, specifically 2770. Kids walk along the road to get to, from school, and the children who live in Plum Creek have to cross 2770. What would you do to secure sidewalks, crosswalks, safety devices for use when children are walking along or crossing busy streets or roads? Well, I think we have a sidewalk issue throughout the whole city. Um, again, we go back to funding, but I am totally in favor of sidewalks. Uh, We currently have a, uh, a, uh, a grant from TechStop to do a sidewalk from pretty much from where I live all the way to high school. And we've had that funding. We had, I think, like $770,000 for funding. And to date, we haven't been able to build that road when it's free funding from the, from the state. Um, we do need the sidewalks. My approach is hire staff. Doesn't take a lot of staff. It doesn't take heavy equipment. It doesn't take a lot of uh, a lot of cost. Hire the hire the staff and build our own sidewalks. It's not a difficult thing. It's I was on two uh, big construction projects: a ten-mile project and a five-mile sidewalk project in Austin. It's not that difficult. It's pretty self-explanatory. It's only sidewalk. It's not a structural item. It's so I think that would be an approach, and it's less expensive and it'll be less burden to our citizens. 
Thank you, Mr. Fugley. You have two minutes. So sidewalks was always a big issue at the uh, public safety committees, public safety committee meetings. I know with the expansion of 150 East between I-35 and the city line to the east, there's going to, there's eventually going to be sidewalks there. Um, but we're, what are we going to do in the meantime? I think one of the solutions is when we do have developers that come in, if they do have a housing development, one of the things we need to negotiate for as a city is possibly, um, and part of those infrastructure deals, they put in the sidewalks. Um, you know, if uh, also at the same time with the park improvement plans, say a, a development area is next to city property, we can kind of get more more bang for your buck, so to speak, where you have jogging trails, you have a dog park that is combined between the development from the developer and the city, and at the same time, they can pay for some of those sidewalks. I think what's hold, what's been holding the city back traditionally has been the cost of sidewalks, and sometimes we build sidewalks, but we don't build them correctly, and with the erosion of the dirt, um, the the engineering studies haven't been done, so if we are going to do the sidewalks, let's do them right, and let's try to get other people to pay for them at the same time. Thank you. Ms. Lettroy, you have two minutes. I do agree that the whole city needs sidewalks, and... and um, Damon kind of said the same thing I was thinking is to figure out how to rewrite uh, maybe some ordinances with the developers that makes them have to pay uh, at least partial, if not all. And along with sidewalks, I think we need lighting too um, in our neighborhoods and um, outside of our neighborhoods. So that's how I would do it. Thank, Thank you. you. Mr. Sanchez, you have a 30-second rebuttal. Actually, uh, if you're familiar with the development design, uh, the sidewalks are part. Uh, if you look at uh, Brooks uh, subdivision that's going up on 150, the sidewalks are there. That is part of the policy. And so the developer does pay for those sidewalks. Uh, that was my rebuttal. Thank you. Okay, Mr. Fogley, this is a two-part question. How do you feel about the fact that Kyle and Hayes County are among the fastest growing areas in the nation? And are you in favor of unbridled growth in the Kyle area? In favor of what, I'm sorry? Unbridled growth. Unbridled growth. So with, with the, we're not gonna be able to, as a city, prevent growth from happening. If people wanna move here, we don't have we don't have the ability to tell them not to move here, but at the same time, what we need to do is supplement growth with proper resources. So when we talk about city resources, I'm talking, we're talking about public safety, roads, parks. Are we keeping up with growth right now? Probably not. I think the fact that if you look at our police department, according to Chief Barnett, uh, you look at an officer to citizen ratio, we have about an average of 1.2 officers, patrol officers, per every thousand of population. You look at some of the neighboring cities, San Marcos, Austin, they have three officers on patrol. So I think we're behind the curve on that. I think we need to not just throw money into public safety, but let's be involved. Let's have you know committees um, that work with the police department so that they are transparent in what they do. Um, at the same time, we need to be prepared. I talked about water earlier. Water is huge in Central Texas. Water is going to be an issue 
for years to come. It's not going to go away. Um, at the same time, we need to have a very good transportation plan. Um, right now, it's it's very hard. In, unless you have your own vehicle, um, it's difficult to go from one subdivision to another or to commute you know, to your job. I think it's also a safety issue at the same time. The fact that we have citizens that are driving up to Austin, you know, to the entertainment district. And I'm not saying everyone's going out and drinking and driving, but I know that's an issue. Uh, I work EMS and I, I've run quite a few serious accidents with drunk drivers. If we had those entertainment districts here, those people would have the ability to call a cab, take a, take a ride with their friends. Thank you. Ms. Luttrell. Could you please read the question again? Yeah. How do you feel about the fact that Kyle and Hayes County are among the fastest growing areas in the nation, and are you in favor of unbridled growth in the Kyle area? Well, my feelings as far as being the fastest growing, I think that's good, and I hope that we uh, as a city and as a county can um, keep up with the growth. Um, As far as unbridled growth, I would not be for anything like that. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Sanchez. Do you want me to read the question no, again? I got it. Thank you. Uh, growth, uh, like I've said a couple of times, it's coming. Uh, the answer is manage growth. How do we manage the growth? Uh, it's obvious. I'll, I'll, I'll state another number here. In 2005, we had 0.28 cents of tax rate. 2014, we're at 0.554, which is about 90% increases in our in, in our tax, and we haven't seen very much uh, of that money going towards the roads and the maintenance. So we are not prepared for this growth. But the only way you can do that is 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 is, is be prepared for the growth that is coming because it is coming. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Fogley. You have a 30-second rebuttal. So I think we also, at the same time, we need to look at growth through economic development. And I keep harping on economic development because we keep throwing all these Band-Aid solutions to some of the problems that we see as a community. If we can bolster our tax base through commercial development, that's going to take that tax burden off of the residents. Residents right now, we have some people here that are getting taxed out of the city. They're moving out. And a lot of them, they may not understand, you know, the differences between their school tax and the city tax and the ESD tax. But they're at the point where they're getting taxed out. So what can we do to prevent that? Well, part of that is building our commercial tax base. Thank you. Okay, Ms. Luttrell. Uh, we're starting on random questions, and that was one. Here's one. How will you be influenced by the campaign contributions you have taken from developers and engineering firms? That I've taken? Or is Okay. Okay. Well, <laughs> I haven't taken any contributions from developers or engineering firms, so that's my answer. Okay. Thank you, Mr. Sanchez. Um, I don't think it should. If you're a council member running, I don't think it should influence you. Uh, I don't see it illegal uh, to take contributions. You know, I, I think it puts you in a in a difficult situation. Uh, when I ran, when I ran before, uh, I, I typically don't ask for money. Yes. Every once in a while, I get a check for $25, $50. I file it, you know, through the uh, pro- uh, proper protocol. But, 
it's never that's one of the reasons i don't take or ask i would say ask for uh, for funding because you know i'm doing this uh with the hopes that you know i want to help out my community and if i get elected i'll do that and if i don't get elected uh i'll go and uh do what i do so thank you thank you mr fogley do you want me to read the? Repeat? No, you don't need to repeat it. Um, it should have no influence on, um, as a council member, your ability to make decisions. We do have property owners here that own property here, but they don't live here, so they can't vote. But they can contribute you know, through donations to people that they believe in, people that they believe are good leaders and that they have a lot, a lot of confidence in. I personally did take campaign contributions. I've been, I'm off work right now for a month. I'm spending almost every day block walking, talking to people, taking time out of my day, time that I could be spending, you know, doing other things. Um, do I feel the need to pull money out of my personal bank account to fund my own campaign? I have Texas State uh, professors who've donated my campaign that were part of my program. Um, I have uh, contributions coming from every different sector, not just engineering firms, but different sectors, people who believe in my ability to to be a good council person. And before I received these contributions, that's what they told me. Uh, they told me that they didn't, they didn't want to influence my vote in one particular way, but they want me to be their candidate, and that's important. That sent a really good um, message to me. Thank you. Uh, Ms. Luttrell, do you have a rebuttal? I just want to say I don't think um, contributions, campaign contributions, whether it be from developers or engineers, um, make a candidate that better. Just put it that way. I don't, money doesn't win a race, a campaign. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Okay, Mr. Sanchez. If it's the random question again. If elected, how will you actively seek out citizen concerns and issues? And, and this is another two-part question. In your opinion, can city staff assist in developing a public outreach and transparency program? I'll start with the transparency question, the second one. Um, the last budget, the first budget meeting, uh, the new city manager put together a program for transparency. Uh, it's on their website, if I recall, um, and it talks about all the different projects and talks about funding. The city has done a miraculous job on transparency. Uh, all the financials are there. The uh, budgets are there. So uh, transparency, the city is, is very transparent. Um, reaching out to uh, citizens. Uh, I'll tell you one story. When I was in council, uh, I had one lady, I showed up to work, uh, from work at 5 o'clock in the afternoon, and she was there to 11 o'clock. And she wanted, you know, to discuss her issues. And and we we got it figured out. We It was actually the light over there by Wells Fargo that uh, there was a lot of accidents. And we talked to TxDOT, and, and we got that going. Uh, I'm very responsive to the people. Uh, I'll tell you another little incident. Uh, during the Christmas time, uh, I was out there cutting my grass in front of my house, and a, a lady that also helped, or assisted, I would say, uh, 
came by and brought me uh, a bucket of cookies because she appreciated the, the help that, uh, that I provided for her. So I'm always open and responsive to the, to the citizens. Thank you, Mr. Fogley. Would you like me to repeat the question? No. Um, so in order for us to be transparent, I think we have to be, we have, we have to cater to different age groups. So you have your millennials, you have um, your Generation X, your Generation Y. Part of being transparent is pushing that information out through social media. You know, pushing it out through, and one of my ideas is let's have an app where people can have, they can sign up for updates when it comes to certain committee issues, or if they want to know about financial updates during the budget time, they can have an app where they get notifications that pop up when they come. I think the city's doing a great job signing a contract with uh, Granicus, which was discussed at the last city council meeting. Um, it's the same system that Austin uses. If you want to watch city council meetings online streaming, it's very organized. It shows uh, each segment by agenda item, so you don't have to watch the whole video. Traditionally, I think we've had a very poor quality at uh, broadcasting our uh, city council activities and some of our uh, committee activities. Um, the audio and the video previously was very poor quality. You actually had to watch a 30-second advertisement before you can even, uh, start watching the video. Um, with this new system, I think people are going to be more engaged. Those people, we are a bedroom community right now. A lot of people do not have time to attend every single council meeting or every single committee meeting that may, they might be interested in. With the new Granicus program, I actually looked at how many um, people visited the previous uh, websites, and it was averages about between 7 and 10 for each council meeting. I think that's very poor. I think it's, there are people out there that want to watch the meetings, but they don't have the capability. So let's embrace that technology to try to get people more involved in city politics. Thank you. Ms. Luttrell? Okay, I kind of got lost. All I remember is the transparency part of it. If elected, how will you actively seek out citizen concerns and issues? In your opinion, can city staff assist in developing a public outreach and transparency program? Okay. The re one of the reasons that I am running for public office for city council, I have the time to devote to that position. Um, so then on the transparency issue, I think they are doing a better job. I like the fact that you can, that they are streaming the uh, city council meetings. I have watched them when it was poorly done. Um, so other than, you know, social media, I, I don't know. To me, I think we could have something maybe in the newspaper or, again, just items or letting people know. But I would be... I will be available to whoever at whatever, whether it via email, phone, or however they want to contact me. Thank you, Mr. Fogley. Do you have a, a rebuttal? I don't have a rebuttal. It, is that correct? Did you answer, Mr. Sanchez? I'm sorry. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, next question to. Now I got lost after all this time. To Mr. Fogley. This is on taxes. Will you work diligently to keep our taxes down and possibly lower them sooner than later? And what services would you cut to increase which others? So recently I took a look at the budget and there were a couple uh, changes that I wanted to make. 
Um, I think the fact that we are we we do have Parks and Rec is a great thing. Um, the fact that we do have some programs, some fitness programs that will actually generate revenue into our city, I think is a great thing. I think what the city needs to do is partner with more nonprofit organizations. Uh, the YMCA has a deal if you, uh, up in Round Rock. Um, if you're a city resident, uh, you can go join the YMCA at a discounted rate. Uh, Buda has a YMCA. They've been struggling. One of the reasons they've been struggling is because they only have 13,000 people live in Buda. We have about 33,000 people live here right now. In the next five years, we're going to get close to 60,000. We need to learn. We need to cooperate not only with other cities but with nonprofits because nonprofits in some areas can actually do things better than the city can. One of those examples is pools. Pools traditionally cost a lot of money to operate. Uh, I know the previous city manager, uh, Mr. Lambert, actually explored the options of having the, the YMCA come in and, and, and not only manage pools, but also a rec center. The city looked at having a rec center um, in the past, but we just couldn't take that cost on. Um, it was going to cost, uh, I believe it was close to $25 million to have a rec center. At the same time, we were constructing a library, uh, some of the road projects. So what we need to do is partner with some of these nonprofits and find out what is not the cheapest way, but what is the most cost-effective way to go about doing things. Also, the police department, there are some things that can be funded without actually, um, initially it's funded through the budget, but forfeiture programs will actually generate revenue. Narcotics programs, warrant officer programs will actually generate revenue. So I'd like to push more money into public safety. Thank you. Ms. Luttrell? I'll reread the question. Will you work diligently to keep our taxes down and possibly lower them sooner than later? And what services would you cut to increase which others? Yes, I would work due diligently to lower our taxes, uh, but that isn't going to happen uh, because of the road bond package. But again, I think just the, the way the budget is and in, in whoever's allocated budgets that if they could just work within their budgets and not go over their budgets and of course that doesn't always happen but uh, I think they could try harder um, I agree with Damon on the outsourcing some of the um, nonprofit organizations um, at one time I had heard our mayor speak of uh, getting some of the um, Rideaways that we have uh, mowed by the prison people, you know, and why not check into that? You know, they, I don't know. I, those are some of the things. And yes, I would look towards that and see if we couldn't do something a little bit better in order to cut, um, to lower the taxes and cut spending. Thank you. Mr. Sanchez, would you like me to read it again? No, I got it. Thank you. Uh, Damon brought two points out as far as uh, the police department and looking into uh, getting some funding. Uh, we did have a, a grant administrator who, who investigated and got a lot of uh, resources and money for our uh, police department. Um, as far as the parks, uh, I like his idea, but it's not gonna offset the taxes and our debt. Um, if you look at the first proposed budget, for 2016, there's about $3 million worth of new money coming in. 
But the proposed budget on spending is $26 million. That's where you got to start, looking at those budget closely and where we can cut. And that information is also on the website. Um, it's not numbers that I made up. So uh, we're getting in three, $3 million, and, but the proposed budget from anywhere from, I'm not saying it's not needed, equipment or uh, additional cars for the police department. And that's kind of what I stated in my opening statement is how do you get there? What is your approach to get there? And, and the way you do that, you, you, you have to make some sacrifices and invest in what is going to move this city forward. Uh, does everybody want a uh, new police, uh, police department? Yes. Do we want the uh, rec center? Yes. But there's other priorities that are staring at our face right now, and which is roads and, and infrastructure. Thank you. Thank you. And now I'm going to ask for a closing. I'm looking at my watch, and there's about 10 minutes left, so we'll be finishing up about um, 8.30. And I'll start with Mr. Uh, Sanchez with you for your three-minute closing. You got me, caught me off guard here. Everybody understands that we have some constraints and some challenges you know we don't have the road system we don't have we're deficient in our infrastructure um, we're tight on our money that's obvious you know like i said in the opening statement is how do we how do we move from there and uh, so i'm going to give you a little synopsis today i listened to a uh, county commissioner talk in austin uh, mr Connolly. And he was talking basically the same thing. The questions that were asked of him, it was the same thing. He's like, how does the county deal with these issues? How does it deal with that issues? And he brought up the same issues that the city of Cow has. Not enough roads. We got water issues. And, and uh, there was a lady who followed up with a question and said, what is, as, as a politician, 12, 12 years being a politician and a leader, what is your biggest challenges? And I was thinking he was going to come, well, it's the water or the roads. But then he said something totally that threw me off guard. He said, what, I, what is more challenging to Hayes County and all surrounding areas is the fast growth that is coming to our city. We try to prepare, or the county, he's talking about the county, for, for, for all the infrastructure in county. And he says, that is the challenge that is coming forward to us. He said, yes, every city is strapped for money. Yes, everybody has got the road problems. Everybody's got the infrastructure problem. But the, but the fact of the matter is that the growth is coming. And uh, so his approach is that you have to look at the whole, you have to look at the entire picture or the holistic approach on how you resolve that. And that is, and his, it's coming out of his, 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 his statement is, the only way you do that is you have to prioritize what is needed now, what's needed tomorrow, and what's needed that way, and fund it accordingly. If we fund everything as proposed in our budget for this year and probably proposed for the budget for next year, we're not going to get there. So that's my approach, looking at everything from a holistic point of view, look at all the factors, what we need, not what we want. Thank you. Thank you, Ms. Luttrell. A three-minute closing, please. Okay. I don't claim to know everything that there is that you need to know to be on city council. Obviously, Tammy said what she did. She had never been on council, and it's taken her 11 months. 
And until until one gets on council, um, I think it's difficult. I think that, um, you know, I'm willing to do it. I'm willing to speak. I'm willing to question things um, in a sense and not necessarily negatively. Um, I agree with Jaime. It's priority. It's wants versus needs or needs versus wants. It's it's. It's a lot of factors, and, and, you know, you can't just continue to spin, 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 and you can't pull money out of the blue sky. So I am, I would work very hard, and I would learn as much as I can. Obviously, she said she's learned more than she could ever imagine in a lifetime just on the 11 months that she's been there. Um so I'm just I'm here to give it my all I know things from being in business from owning my business from managing businesses but I don't have the answers to everything but I'm Lori Luttrell and I'm running for seat for district five (laughs) so thank you all right Mr. Fogley you have three minutes please Uh, first of all I just want to thank everyone for coming out tonight um it always kind of frustrates me when people just they're not engaged in politics and they're not engaged in government um you know the people that in charge are spending your tax dollars i think you should you know have some kind of say on that um you know block walking i've had a couple people slam their doors on me um i'm not sure if they thought i was a solicitor but it's just frustrating and i really appreciate the fact that, that you're coming out tonight and you're that you're engaged with the process um, the city manager recently sent out a survey. It was a very comprehensive survey. I think it, um, it covered everything. Um, I think being a council member, you have to be receptive to what people think. And you have to have that dialogue. You have to have that availability to talk to people. Um, the survey that went out, I think those people that pay their bills online, a lot of them didn't receive that survey. So what I'd like to do is do a better job at, at attempting to get some of that public input because uh, that survey only captured about 5% of the citizens that live here in the city. Um, that's problematic. Um, so part of what I want to do, I know Samantha Bellows right now has Saturday morning coffee. I'd like to continue that. It might not be on a Saturday, but it's I would have it once a week or once every two weeks so that um, you know I could um, develop that rapport with some of my constituents. It's not all about what I think should be done. It's all about what you think should be done as a citizen. Taking all input into consideration is important. Also, at the same time, we talked about taxes before. I know that's been a very heavy topic tonight. We pay through sales tax. Half of a percent of sales tax goes to the county. That was negotiated in the past. What can we do to fix that? Um, the voters would have to approve. Actually, the voters in the whole county would have to approve that. I'd like to look and see how can we fight to get that half a percent of sales tax back. Um, at the same time, we need to have collaboration between different levels of government. Hayes County government, Hayes County commissioners, city council. Same with our committees. We have a lot of committees that they kind of do the same thing, and a lot of them don't talk. And if they talk, they would learn more. Same with HOAs. We have a myriad of HOAs in the city. If we had a committee of HOAs, we could collaborate, find out ideas, you know, not have to reinvent the wheel. Um, 
you know, some HOAs are tightly knit. Their communities, they're, they're very, um, they're prepared. They have neighborhood watch programs. Um, we need to have that throughout the whole city. Um, we live in a great city. It's an affordable city. And I look forward to serving you as a council member. Thank you. Thank you, and I appreciate everyone being here. If anybody has a question that didn't get read, if you'd like to come up and look through the bags, they're all in there. I promise again that I did not write any of these questions myself. I, I know who emailed some in. I have no idea where the other envelopes came from or who they came from. Just kind of a disclaimer. And again, I want to thank you, and this concludes our debate for this evening. And again, thank you.